Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to the Staking Insider, where we provide actionable insights from staking industry thought leaders to analysts and investors. Today, we're thrilled to have Rene Romburg with us, co-founder and CEO at Audius. Rene has been in crypto since 2011, first mining Bitcoin, then as an engineer, engineering partner at a VC fund until founding Audius in 2018. For those new to it, Audius is like a decentralized Spotify or SoundCloud that helps music artists cut out the notorious middleman of the traditional music industry. Audius' mis mission is to create a fully decentralized community of artists, developers, and listeners collaborating to share and defend the world's music. In this episode, we'll take a deeper look into Audius staking and its role in the ecosystem, some staking metrics, the reason behind its staking design, and the future developments shaping the project and music industry at large. Welcome, Rone. It's great to have you on the show. Marian, thanks for having me. And oh man, I wish I was in crypto from 2011. I, I think I was a little later than, than that. But, but uh, yeah, I've been in crypto for, for, I guess, like nine, 10 years or so. This has been, been a fun, fun time and seeing staking kind of grow to the, you know, to be the, the kind of mechanism that it is today is, is also really cool, you know, in the last four or five years, especially. So you definitely qualify as an OG. <laughs> that, that at least can be said. Cool. So can you, for our audience, expand a little bit more on what Audius is and what problem you solve? Yeah. So at a super high level, Audius is a music community and discovery platform that puts the artist in control. It's a place where artists can share content, engage their fans in cool, different ways they, they haven't typically been able to elsewhere. And then they have agency over these fan relationships that they generate so they can um, do anything that they they want with those everything from you know using like alternatives audius clients to access the same relationships or like exporting that data and, and using it to say you know like decide who can who can buy tickets to a show of theirs in advance or, or things like that so where decentralization comes in for us is in enabling that control aspect so by um putting troll of Audius itself in, in the hands of the very community and communities that, that are wanting to share content, engage with content, build fan bases, do these things, the, you know, that, that kind of a control aspect trickles down to, you know, the confidence that artists have that like the rules aren't going to change on them here the way that they often do on other platforms. Hmm. So if you were to make a bullet list, what are the major benefits for artists distributing through audios versus let's say Spotify? Maybe yeah, it's disadvantages. Yeah. Yeah. So the advantages, I, I should also kind of, you know, kind of clarify up front too. It's not an either or. So most of our artists distribute with both. They, they use the tools to do different things. So, so where, where Spotify is a great kind of mass market product that 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 kind of provides a, a consistent listening experience to everyone who uses it but has this kind of one size fits all pricing model that's great for the very casual fan the thing that's missing in the market right now or, or that you know audience is is kind of starting to step into fulfilling the role of is how best to engage those most highly invested fans of people that come to your shows that buy your merchandise that that do all of these things 
So the benefits from the artist perspective in that are really, I guess what it boils down to is the, the, those super fans are, are effectively paying the same on Spotify as, as everyone else to, to access that content. As an artist, if you can offer some exclusive content, exclusive capabilities to engage with you through, you know, things that that people do on audience, like remakes competitions and, and things like that, there's an opportunity to charge fans that self-select into that category more than, you know, your typical, like whatever fractional share of of the Spotify subscription someone someone might get. So um so I think that that value prop has has definitely been resonating with with our community. We see about six and a half, seven million listeners on a monthly basis right now, and around three hundred thousand artists have have come on and, and shared content. So so it's it's working. It's it's and it's been really exciting to to see that. But I think there's still more work left for our our community to do to really kind of finish fulfilling that vision I laid out, especially on the front of helping to monetize those fan relationships, which is a, a key area of focus for, for the next year or so. Hmm. And a lot of attention audios, of course, also gathered with the audio token, at least from the, the part of the market that comes from, yeah, from the crypto side, so to say. Why did you choose to go with the audio token? Why is it necessary? And where does the yield come from? let's say, in, in terms of staking. Yeah, yeah. So the audio token is in, in the audio context serves three functions. So it secures the network, meaning that the folks who are hosting content, hosting metadata through these discovery nodes and content nodes, which I, I'm, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll get to get into further here in, in a few minutes. Um, And then also for various features that artists access, they actually unlock a, a number of tokens to be able to, to access them on, on the product. So that security aspect, what it really means is if nodes on the network were to behave maliciously or misbehave, they get slashed. And that's kind of, you know, similar to, to most other staking based networks. But then conversely, the rewards they're able to generate are proportional to the amount of value they have at stake and the amount of work that they do alongside of that. So how many nodes are being run and, you know, all of that good stuff. So, um, so securing the network, I mentioned governing the network. So any and all changes to the code that powers audience nodes, the audience network, everything else have to go through chain governance. And then that feature access bit I, I mentioned on the artist front is, is the third pillar. So those three functions were, were, we felt were most elegantly solved for with a token. So basically a token that confers, you know, control of and ability to do work on this network, like the, and, and what the token, token economic structures around it mean are that like I and the company I work for could go away tomorrow and, and all of this would, would keep working and, and functioning so long as the, the community of, of node operators, artists, and, and fans that are using Audius continue to want to, to use it. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think there are, look, there are always different means of, of solving the same issues, but we couldn't come up with any, any way that was, you know, more kind of elegant and, and sensible than than having kind of a unified economic structure to align the interests of of these various counterparties to this ecosystem so looking at it from the validator side there are two types of nodes that you can run discovery nodes and content nodes where 
if I understood correctly, discovery is for indexing the data. So it is findable for, for search and then content nodes for providing the, the data that's, that's being transferred then. And there are like minimum and maximum bonding amounts there, but you mentioned that misbehavior is being punished with slashing. How does this assessment work, whether somebody is behaving well or bad? Is this a community decision or how does this, is this? It's a great, that's a great question. So it is a community decision. It actually follows the same governance process that like network, network upgrades do. Um, so, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, it's, it's meant to be that option of, of last resort. The network is quite resilient to node downtime and even, you know, nodes behaving maliciously. You know, we've never, at least to, to, as far as I'm aware, there's never been a situation of a node actually behaving maliciously. There have been many situations downtime, as you can probably imagine, right? With, with a diffuse set of errors on, on that side and whatnot. So, um. So staking or, or sorry, slashing is really the last resort for when, you know, that there are some uptime thresholds and, and rules that the community has agreed to and voted it to a place that if they're, if they're violated, a, you know, a governance action is, is brought to, to slash that, that party. And then, you know, there's, there's the whole, the whole vote that follows. So there's a bunch of kind of economic safety measures in place that, that enable the slashing mechanism here is is higher latency, right? Than like a lot of works. Obviously, if there's mm. sort of you know community decision making that's that's happening around that, the unbonding period in Audius is seven days because of that. And then there are some other constraints on you know like how yeah how funds can, can move around within within the network. So um, so when someone goes to unbond, they actually are uh, those funds are placed in in kind of an interstitial escrow state where they're not earning rewards, but they're not yet withdrawable either. And then at the expiration of that cooldown period, that someone can can withdraw. So so uh, yeah, I think we found that structure to work well for for us. Your description of the node types is is quite spot on accurate. So think of one the the content node side is like this kind of. CDN sort of structure that's audio specific and the discovery node side is almost like a version of the graph or, or something like that that's kind of audio specific and there are needs on on both fronts that aren't perfectly well solved by third-party networks but you know in a, in a more distant future I would love to see you know more robust kind of like cross-chain indexing and CDN kind of tools be available that you know a, a network like Audius that's you know serving a specific user use case should not need to solve this full stack of, of needs, right? In, in day's market and certainly in the market that Audius was was built in in 2018 onward, like there there just wasn't really a choice to, to get to a, a live functioning, fully decentralized product, I think without these responsibilities being owned by the network. So, and also from the minimum on or the mini, minimum stake that's necessary to run nodes, you can see that it's more geared towards professional validators. It's not that everyone can can run a node there. What are technical requirements, if if you can recall them right now, for any professional validators that want to get in? Because our audience, we do have quite a lot of um, yeah staking professionals also tuning in. Very cool. Yeah, here I'll, I'll actually, I don't know them quite off the top of my head, but I can certainly hold them up. They're on the Audius Wiki, which is on GitHub's 
here. So it's just hub.com slash Audius product and uh, project. And then if you go to the Audius protocol repo and click wiki, you can pull them up and, and click through to the staking resources. So, so I'm not going to read off all of these because they're, they're probably reductive, but the big top line requirements here are a data center quality internet connection. Like neither one of these node types can, can really be run on like a residential or home internet connection. The amount of upstream and, and downstream bandwidth. Well, it's really upstream bandwidth, I guess that's, that's required, right? It is substantial and like the latency issues and stuff that, that come, um, with, uh, with like home, home hosting also cause problems when we've seen people attempt to do that on the network in the past, there is that minimum bond that you talked about. So it's 200,000 audio tokens per node, but each node can also accept up to a maximum amount of delegation. That's, that's quite a lot higher. So, so as a node operator, you can set this kind of delegation take rate or, or revenue share that. Any rewards earned by people who are delegating to you, you earn that percentage from. Um, and then you need a uh, public, publicly available DNS endpoint for that node that is, you know, has a valid SSL cert on it. So that just means that, you know, from a, from a like user's browser content, their browser is actually able to go talk directly to your node without having to do any funny business or anything. The technical requirements for a node are free simple beyond that right like think think like your typical you know aws like large or x large instance those ones are like you know three four hundred dollars a month or, or whatever should be should be more than adequate for for the needs but yeah if anyone's curious to get into more of the weeds of like what specific you know recommended loadouts exist for for running a node like definitely check out the the wiki on on, on the audius github mm -hmm. And running an Audius node right now, as per the data on staking rewards, gives you 23.3% rewards per year for running the node like as a professional. And for like retail stakers that just want to delegate, this option right now gives you about 22% of rewards per year. And 7% of those are coming from just token issuance. The rest is that would be my question where does this yield come from and do you great plan, great do you plan to monetize audios at a later stage yeah great question so so it it's a bit confusing because uh there is a network-wide 7% annual issuance, but when you divide that into the amount that's currently staked, that gets you to that roughly 20%. So the majority of rewards that people are generating right now are actually from that net new issuance. The remainder and and the the side that, as I, I mentioned, um, you know, over the over the coming years, I would imagine it rose to to be a more substantial and and ultimately to to kind of supplant it and replace new issuance is this revenue earning alongside of the payments that that pass through the Audius network. So, if a payment is made to unlock content, um, there's a, a structure in the network that a percentage of that of that payment actually flows back to stakers, right? So I know it gets it gets a bit complicated, and actually the the community is kind of thrashing through different different variations and takes on like how specifically this this should be implemented. So like definitely go 
go pop in our discord and and whatnot if you if you have any thoughts here but that that kind of payment flow happening on audius right now uh percentage is is i think intended you know the the community plans to have redirected to uh, stakers in in a future a future network upgrade so so uh, so yeah pretty excited to see to see that kind of come to fruition but like very you know thinking very long term um I think that, you know, the, the proposals around Audius's long-term sustainability have always kind of modeled or, or factored in that 10% take rate off of the flow that, that happens in the network. So, and I should clarify when you add as well, like you, do you all intend to, to monetize? So the network and, and, you know, the, the community of folks building here, like certainly do intend, you know, as, as far as I can tell, at least for, to roll out that kind of revenue, revenue capture structure. But our company is not party to to that. So our company is actually really, you know, serving at the at the the pleasure and the direction of of the community. So you know, if folks were to vote to defund us or or whatever, if they think we're not doing useful work for for the ecosystem and direct that to you know, there there are a lot of other parties that that have you know have and continue to do grant work for for the network. They're happy, you know. They're perfectly capable of doing that if they don't if they don't think I and we are, are doing a good job. So, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing in that like the network, you know, we in our eyes monetizes over time, but you know, I, I don't think that the companies that build around the network monetize directly from you know what's happening on the network. I think we're we're starting to see third parties integrate audios that monetize through alternative channels. You know, everything from like artist tools that are charging artists on a monthly basis, but then like using Audius to do various things or to pull analytics that, that artists can aggregate across all the various tools that they use, things of that nature. So what are potential bottlenecks that you are facing later down the road that you foresee now or that you're already facing right now? What a great question. So there, there are lots of bottlenecks, I think both, both technically and kind of, you know, more, I don't know what the word is, I guess, like, you know, community scale wise, right. But on the technical front, those are more straightforward to identify, right. So the way a network like Audius is, is built, you know, usage, I would posit is, is roughly a function of, you know, three things. It's like, content on the network, artists on the network, and fans on the network, right? Usage is what drives human volume, but to support usage requires more nodes, more resources on, on the network, right? So unlike a lot of, you know, layer ones or, or things like that, um, there's there's not like a fixed capacity on the on the Audius network, right? In in a in a perfect world where Audius is is growing and, and growing quickly, the needs of the network to consume infrastructure, you know, grow in its step with that, right? So I, I wouldn't say that's like a bottleneck so much as just a constraint of you know a, a like content network like this, right? In that um the the growth engine is content which you know means that 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 growth engine acquires more resources over time so the you know the token economic design of audius is meant to kind of take that into account and to to you know for for infrastructure reward pools to to continue to kind of you know, scale in in step with the usage that, that ends up indirectly being reflected by that 10 percent rate so so yeah that's that's the other bottleneck, I think we'll, you know, they were, the network's a long ways off of this, but I know folks in the community have already like, you know, been, 
been talking a lot about this because it's it's a fairly obvious one. Every discovery node on the network is a full index of all the data that's available on Audius. At some point, like, you know, they don't store all the content, right? They're just storing like this metadata that people can search against and, you know, to ask a question like how many tracks does XYZ artists have, right? That's what the discovery node answers. At some point, the amount of content on audio, you know, hopefully, right, will be so large that like the metadata can't all fit in one place. And, you know, the, the discovery nodes, so long as the index itself is sufficiently small scale horizontally very well, right? Like users can load balance across all the discovery nodes that exist on, on the network. But, you know, there's a limitation or a ceiling on how much like a single node can can vertically scale, right? And uh, I think, it, like I said, we're we're many years away from that ceiling, but it's 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 like there is a hard ceiling somewhere there, right? That that will be interesting to to you know figure out for the community to figure out how to to grow past. What would be some major milestones that would lead Audius to become a mainstream digital distributor? Oh, also a great question. I think, you know, we're, we're really excited, you know, to, to continue like putting one foot in front of the other and grow and, and grow quickly. I don't think there's like any, I, I can't really name any specific moment or like inflection point where I would see us, you know, being seen as like mainstream as such. I think that's something that just kind of happens slowly and you sort of pick up your, your head one day and say, oh, like, you know, this thing is sort of you know, like a, like a, a, a thing. Right. And uh, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the milestones that we care about though, are like I mentioned that payment volume front of you know, seeing payment volume get up into the, uh, you know, millions and, and tens of millions of dollars sort of range. You know, I, I think will be a, a huge step in, in the direction towards, you know, putting, putting money in, in, in our artist pockets that are using audio. Similarly, like, you know, starting to, um, you know, I, I think Audius has, reached a, a stage where you know large very artists with very very large followings are engaging and, and sharing things seeing more of that right i think it would be you know there's there's definitely like my you know my like wish list i keep in my head of of artists that i would love to see and i'm, I'm sure yeah you know, a lot of a lot of others have their own wish lists too but you know ultimately we we think the audience model complements really well existing revenue streams that artists big small and everywhere in between we have right this is these tools are are useful and usable by artists of all shapes and, and sizes so so i think you know seeing us continue to grow towards into that kind of head of of the of the artist you know artist distribution if you will in terms of you know fans and, and following yeah very excited for that as well hmm. what i personally always like to think about is the second and third order effects because you can be very creative with that and assuming that audios becomes widely successful what would you anticipate or what would you think could be a second and third order effects of this on the music industry how artists create their art and yeah have you have you thought about this already yeah yeah we we most certainly have so you know like taking a few steps back like the you know the the kind of 10 year vision for for the future here is is one where artists are vertically integrated as as a business right like they control 
their own distribution. They control the ability to speak to their fans. They ultimately like really control their their own destiny. And I think that's happening with or without Audius. There's there's momentum in that direction from all sides of the market and from all aspects of how artists interact with their fans and how they, you know, everything from how they raise capital to how they distribute, right? Which is where where we focus. But you know, I, I think we obviously like having that that view of the future, we have a, a strong opinion of where, you know, where we see audience fitting into that. And we really I think we want Audius to to be the 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 kind of like convening point or nexus point that every artist is incentivized to aggregate their their biggest super fans, right? I think there are, there are other other places that are well suited to and well served the use case of you know the the casual sit back listener that just wants to listen to a hit or, or two like a couple times a month. That's not the listener that we're we're targeting. Audius you know, really wants to to be the place where those super fans aggregate, find community, engage with one another, and ultimately, you know, are financially engaging with their artists along the way to a degree that that artists are, are able to earn, you know, more more revenue here. Right. So another little anecdotal we'll share on this front, like a lot of people like to blame Spotify and the other major DSPs are called or like digital streaming services for the fact that artists aren't making, you know, making enough money generally. Right. And I think it's it's just a very it's it's both inaccurate and very reductive of a more complex situation. So Spotify's take rate is about 30 percent. If Spotify took zero, right a stream would still be worth less than a cent. You know, that's just the business model of streaming. That's there's there's something right or wrong about it. It's a it's an amoral instrument. It just it, it just is what it is, right? And people try to point blame at specific parties or or individuals for things coming to be that way. Whereas like, you know, the the audience and, and broadly like the web three music approach to to this problem is to say, you know, the 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 goal here should not be to better dupe up the existing pie. It should be to grow the pie substantially by creating more revenue opportunities that are, you know, at different price points, at higher price points, whatever it is, the the higher order philosophy being there should be a free market for pricing. Whereas the existing streaming model is a very fixed, like, you know, one size fits all, like either, you know. So anyway, it was a very rambly answer, but to the second and third order effects, we're starting to see TikTok, Spotify, and others actually influence how artists make music. Artists are making shorter songs. They're making songs that have memeable hooks and things that like do well on TikTok. I mean, there are even stories of, I don't want to name names because like I, I, I don't know, you know, what I am and aren't supposed to share of, of what I heard secondhand, but there are artists who designed um, tracks and like dances to go with them with the intent of having them like go viral on, on TikTok, right? Having a dance that's accessible to a broad audience hard to do that's instantly recognizable and that fits in you know that 25 or 30 second like bite-sized chunk and you know i guess the the biggest effect i would love to see is for artists to be able to you know make whatever the hell they want and have that their fans like to listen to not have to kind of serve the algorithm or serve these very restrictive kind of marketplaces that exist today. There should be a free market for content and that will 
ultimately bring forth, I think, you know, better, better content and better monetization opportunities for the, for the people who use them. So it's, it's less of a really hardcore or diehard competitive situation, but more that audios is opening up the opportunity space for, for artists, but also for fans and the music industry at large. And you got it. it. It's much more sim symbiotic actually. Yeah. You, you got it. That's absolutely it. I mean, I, yeah, it's music as an entire industry right now is, is only $42 billion a year. $42 billion sounds like a lot, right? But that's, I think, less than a quarter the size of gaming, for example. And gaming is growing at a very fast pace. Music is, is roughly, you know, stagnant-ish at, at that level. So it's, you know, it, I don't think the problem is how we're divvying this pie. I think the problem is that the pie is, is not big enough and not reflective of the impact that music has for, for all of us. Perfect. All right. Closing it off here. What is the best way to follow you and audience? Yeah. So I'm not super active, so don't follow me. Go follow audience. It's project is the Twitter handle audience music on Instagram as well. You know, pop pop by those channels. If you want to, you know, ask questions, get involved, come to the audience discord. That's the best place to, to hang out and, uh, you know, dive into, to all these things that we, uh, we kind of talked through today. Thank you, Rene, for being so generous with your time. We have been speaking with Rene Romberg, the co-founder and CEO of Audius. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to our YouTube channel for more episodes from the forefront of staking. Follow me on Twitter at Marian underscore Walter underscore and our team at Staking Rewards. You've been listening to The Staking Insider. For Ronel and the audience, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me.